Welcome to Blue Talks. Thanks everybody. Today I'm going to be talking about dynamic living. And I was asked, what does that really mean? And when I thought about it, I was like, that means living solely free, 100% authentic. And people are still like, well, what does that mean? Free of judgment, being able to be you and nobody but you. Not having to worry about the judgments of others, not wanting what others have, not envious of anybody, and not wanting to be anybody else but you. Now, there's a lot of people out there. What stops you from being dynamic? So let's stop for a minute before we get too far. Imagine, for one second, you are in a place where you can make bold decisions and trust that it will be received with support and love. So who wouldn't want that? <laughs> when you consider our family upbringings and everything we have to deal with in life, we all have fears, we all have judgments, and we all have concerns. So what stops us from being dynamic? What makes us crazy? <laughs> Literally, the guy that's upside down in the chains, that's exactly how I was feeling. People didn't see it in me, but I sure felt it. And although people might see somebody that's outgoing, loud, <laughs> may not have those fears and have the crazy in their life, but we all do. Like Corey said it earlier, we all have stuff that's happening. So what, what keeps us from being dynamic? What is our crazy? Well, things like addictions. We're not typically born with addictions, so where, where do they come from? Family upbringing. We've got our immediate family, our parents, our, our values. Some of us had good upbringing, some of us had bad upbringings. We still, if you have siblings, you're guaranteed to fight with them. Some of them on a regular basis. <laughs> and it all affects who you are and what you become. It affects how you react to other people. It affects how you receive things from other people. So with all of the stuff that goes on around us, the positive we float through, that's no big deal. But it's the negative that tends to really impact us and really stop us from living dynamically. So these are my parents and two are my brothers. What I'm gonna to touch on today is how dynamic living within my family cost us so much. I'm gonna hit on my mother actually. She actually grew up in a household where she was literally raised full of deceit and lies. So the people that she thought were her parents were actually her biological grandparents. The people she thought were her brothers and sisters were actually her aunts and uncles and one her biological mother. So she never learned this until later in life, in her late teens, early 20s. So she, to get out of that literally Cinderella situation, married the first handsome, charismatic guy she ever met, thought she was moving to an ideal life, perception, and she married this guy and got out on her own. Well, he turned out to be her mental, physical, and emotional abuser. There were times she landed in the hospital, but back in those days, they didn't question, they didn't ask. Nothing was ever investigated. You know, you make up the excuses, you fell and you did this, you did that, and it's just not looked at. 
So that's the beginning part of her story. So if we're not living authentically, and if we're not living to our max, and we've got all these negative things happening, what do you think it can do to our bodies, our minds, our soul? For my mom, she had high blood pressure, cholesterol, diabetes, depression, and in all that, she was taking medication. Medications for her, oh, lost my beat. Medications for her were costing $500 a month after dad's medical. That's a lot of money back then. That was a mortgage payment, car payment. For some people, it was both. <laughs> a lot of money. Those two boys you see there, they actually had a genetic deficiency. They weren't going to live. So she found this out while she was pregnant with me. A lot of stress on a mother carrying a baby. So she finally broke free of her first husband. And when she broke free of him, she discovered my dad, had my brother, another one, <laughs> and myself. But her first marriage, she had three boys, actually four kids with him. One was stillborn. Back in those days, you didn't know if it was a boy or a girl. They just took the baby away. So three boys, she always wanted to have a girl. She met my dad, had another boy, and then finally me. <laughs> but her first husband, father of the first three boys, were still in the picture. He had visitation rights to the boys. And he haunted her at every moment he had. He would plague her, taunt at her, torture her in any way he could. And even with my father around, who's a very dominant individual, he couldn't stop him because he had no fear. He didn't care. So finally, when she broke free of him, she had said to him, or he had said to her, he said, take the boys. I don't want them. He said, you keep them. I'm not going to support you. But I do want visitation rights, and I will have visitation rights. He was a Navy guy. And he said, if you ever have a girl, I'm taking her. He knew she wanted a girl, so what a better way to taunt somebody that they're going to take you. I never knew this growing up. I just knew I was under very tight reins <laughs> by both my parents growing up. So would you agree that with my mother not living dynamically and not being able to stand in her own power, it cost her a lot. Mm -hmm. She died at the age of 57. I was 23 at the time. Mm -hmm. And she died with the fear of my safety nonstop the whole time she lived. Even after the boys died, he was out of our picture, he was out of our lives, physically, but mentally, that threat was always there. And I was a kid that would go play in the woods, crawl in a fishnet, I would nap anywhere, in the woods, <laughs> up a tree. <laughs> so I would disappear and they would panic, thinking I was abducted. So, needless to say, <laughs> after my mom passed, I started on my crazy. She was the glue that held her family together. And with her passing, our family actually subsided for a bit, split apart, did her own things. And I started down my crazy path. Packing on weight, I stand in front of you today, probably 50 to 80 pounds overweight. I'm a five foot brick <laughs> with a black belt. <laughs> what I didn't realize, and I just found out just a few months ago, doing my own personal work, that the weight came on in safety. When I weighed 97 pounds, my dad would say to me when I was little, anybody can pick you up and carry you away. I had a big burly brother. Nobody's going to mess with him. Guess what? Nobody's going to mess with five-foot brick with a black belt. <laughs> 
So this became my safety. And I didn't know that until about two, three months ago doing my own work, that the reason my weight doesn't come off is because it's my safety blanket. It's my security blanket. So in all this, my addiction <laughs> wasn't drugs or alcohol. It was control to the absolute epic proportions. I was so stressed and so fixated on what was going to happen every day. What can I do to control it? How can I predict the outcome so I can figure out my reaction? How can I control others so they react the way I want them to? <laughs> the list goes on. But that was my addiction, was my control. And the cost of me not living dynamic was high stress, high, high stress, <laughs> anxiety, you know, weight, weight gain, obesity. It, and again, it plays havoc. So my health concerns now at this stage of the game is pain. I was heavy into sports as a kid, so I have a lot of pre-existing injuries that start to show up. <laughs> and for me, it was high stress, high anxiety, and it just packed on the weight and didn't allow the weight to come off. Stress causes the hormones that keep it on. And that was the epitome of my survival. So for me, I had to figure out what next. So I decided enough of the chaos, I have to do something for me. And I literally made a decision that things were gonna change, but I didn't know how. My older brother, God love him, him and I are close. And he said, you can pick and choose the values that you were raised with and you can decide who you wanna be in life. Great, more control. <laughs> it was awesome. <laughs> but it was control that had a little bit of ease and comfort in it at that point, because then I could start to let things go a little bit. And I started to relax. So when life got calm, I thought, okay, the perfect time to have a family. Oh. And we had a baby girl. <laughs> now, is that not a face and a child that is at her most authentic, dynamic stage? This kid at that age was phenomenal. She still is, but because I didn't do 100% of my work, some of my fears and beliefs and values rolled over into her as she got older. But if we can stay at this stage, what does it cost? Like imagine what she could be doing as she got older if she was able to stay in this stage throughout her entire childhood. That would be awesome. At least now she's at a stage she can get some work done like I've done <laughs> and get past this stuff at a younger age and figure out what she wants to do in life. So. Not living dynamically can obviously cost a lot. It can cost your health, it can cost your friends, it can cost your family, and most of all, it can cost you your health and your well-being. Some of the things that I started to do, and I'll start early, is once we moved to Alberta, because we're from the Maritimes, my daughter loves horses, and all of us love animals. We find a lot of peace and healing and tranquility in animals. And we got her involved with a horse trainer. She started horse riding lessons. And I never knew this at the time, but the only ranch that I could find in the Edmonton area that would fit my schedule was owned by a medium. And of course, my husband and I were like, mm, don't know about that stuff. <laughs> we felt it was a little sketchy. But we didn't know what we didn't know, and we didn't understand what we didn't understand. So the trainer would often tell me different things that she would do, different things she was involved in, intrigued me enough that I bought some online courses. Well, with the online courses, and my husband and I constantly talking, we'd sit around a fire all the time, 
saying, there's got to be more to life. Absolutely got to be more to life. And I actually put a question out to the universe one night as we're having these talks saying, show me how to get out of this rat race. And the floodgates open. I ordered some of that woman's online courses. Being green with all of this stuff, took it, freaked me out, I stopped it. <laughs> so I kept doing the work. And in synchronicity, a friend of mine came out from Nova Scotia. She started to talk about her spiritual journey and how she was learning to meditate. And she was connected with a friend of hers that is an intuitive healer. And she was on her journey. And the work she was doing with her one-on-one -on -one was phenomenal. And she gave me some resources. And she started me into meditation. Try to stop that overactive brain that's a control freak to slow down long enough to meditate. <laughs> Challenging at best, <laughs> but I, I did it. When I first started meditating, I didn't know what to do. So she gave me resources. I, I learned to focus on breath. I learned to calm my brain. I found guided meditations online, some music meditation, earth tone meditation. I, I researched it all. <laughs> some worked, some didn't. But slowing this body down and learning to breathe and breathe slowly and calmly I was able to start seeing vibrant, beautiful, vibrant colors I can't even explain. And I didn't know what they meant. I'm green to all this stuff. All I know is I'm, my body's starting to relax and starting to calm down. And from there, it led into COVID. Well, COVID forced us to slow down. So COVID, while everyone's freaking out over COVID, I'm sitting in my tub meditating. <laughs> COVID was awesome for me. <laughs> Because it forced me to slow down, it forced my body to stop, to stop, and it forced me to turn inward. So I took advantage of that. And I learned to meditate, I started to journal. I literally won a weekend retreat to the lady that owns the ranch, that taught her riding lessons, and that whole weekend was full of energy healers, witches, mermaids, Galactic people, like I met people, I'm like, my jaws dropped. I'm like, what is this? I had no clue what I was walking into. And it freaked me out a little bit, but it was, I was so open and intrigued by it. I was like, give me more, give me more, give me more. And that's when the floodgates really opened. That weekend I met Rosalind Fung. Some of you may know her, some of you may not. But she introduced me to her Reiki master. I am now level three Reiki trained. And I, I literally... But I started doing Reiki. I was like, this is foreign to me. I, I was nervous. I was like, I don't know if I could do this. But she started to remind me of all the things that we had when we were kids, as young kids, our intuition, our gut instinct, all the things that we have built into us, our natural navigation, it's always there. I just had mine like 110 suppressed. <laughs> but it started to come all back up. Meditation is like the medicine that God gave us that we have access to that is our biggest healer and the journaling and I started the group sessions the one that a friend of mine was involved in Nova Scotia because of COVID they put it online so I I had access to the group sessions on zoom here in Edmonton right back to Nova Scotia I went <laughs> only on zoom and that helped calm me down slow me down open me up it taught me to trust me and my instincts again because I didn't I was all up in my head. Can't control that. I can control this. <laughs> so COVID was my saving grace to me finding my spirituality and me finding me and opening 
everything up. And I learned that this is, this is all accessible to anybody out there if they want it. All you gotta be is open to receive it, accept it, nurture it. You gotta be open to hearing things that you may not like that are true. But if you can journal what you don't like in life and then flip the switch of how can I make that a positive? If I hate my job, guess what? It pays the bills. It takes care of your family. It puts a roof over your head. It allows you to drive the vehicle that you have. So once you find gratitude in what's around you that you may not like, all of a sudden you don't hate it so much anymore. All of a sudden it's now tolerable. Corey mentioned it earlier. Do what you do with passion. I'm a very passionate person. <laughs> I've been told several times I'm the nicest bitch you'll ever meet. <laughs> so I'm currently working on ditching the bitch. <laughs> so if I can literally turn my life around so I'm not such the bitch <laughs> and I can be the kind loving person that was ingrained in me and how I was raised in a big loving family and I can teach people to let go of their trials and tribulations and life that happens and we can get past that negative and start focusing on the positive I went from a hundred percent control freak to letting stuff go it, I'm not arrived by no means. <laughs> it is a journey. You'll never arrive. This work is not something where you get a certificate or a diploma, but you do find peace, gratitude, tranquility. You can learn to live life with a lot less stress. You can literally find peace in a lot of people around you. Learn to be, not be triggered by so many other people's opinions. Let's face it, when COVID hit, it stirred a lot of emotions in a lot of people. Heaven forbid you don't wear a mask. Heaven forbid you do wear a mask. Like There was opposite ends, and neither one were wrong, but it's their opinions. Doesn't make it right, doesn't make it wrong. But when you can stand and let them have their opinions not be triggered, that's when you can give and receive in a supporting, loving manner. Not 100% there, let's be honest. <laughs> Still working on ditching the bitch. <laughs> But at least the journaling, being able to pay attention to dreams, which I never used to have. Um, I started having dreams again. Being able to pay attention to those and journal them and have somebody analyze them and help me understand what they mean. When I got Reiki trained, the mediumship kicked in. Mm -hmm. All the things that I questioned, I was actually doing in my Reiki sessions and didn't even know I was doing it. So that mediumship course that I bought online that I have lifetime access to, <laughs> that got rebooted back up. I'm, I'm now working with a personal coach and she works with the Akashic Records. So I'm literally just started that journey a few weeks ago. So I'm going to be learning about the Akashic Records, which is the blueprint of the past, present and future. So with all that, I was able to go from Mach 50 <laughs> to 20 and be able to calm my body, slow my body down. Now have a good relationship with my daughter because Let's face it, being the control freak with a teenager is one way ticket out the door. <laughs> At least now she's in the door, <laughs> which is really, it's really nice to see and have. I, I cherish my relationship with my daughter now and I don't even sit back and think anymore of what it could have been like if I didn't do this work. I don't even go there because I can't change the past. The few things that I did learn is I can change is within me, my thoughts, are my, within my control. My reactions 
are within my control and my emotional responses are within my control. So prior to doing all this work, I was an emotional reactor. That's where you're the nicest bitch you'll ever meet came from. <laughs> so with that, I want to thank everybody for coming here today because it was really nice to be able to get back on this stage. I haven't been on stage in over 15 years. And let's face it, we were nervous. <laughs> Just a little bit nervous. But it's been a beautiful journey the last two, three years of my life, being able to go from shifting a little bit on my own, but finding the support and help to be able to shift even more. Some people can do it on their own. A lot of people need to support. For me, I had blocks beyond blocks. I'm like, help me understand my blocks. I don't get it. I don't understand. Help me understand. And I needed the help. I needed the group sessions. I needed the coaching. I need people to help me release what's going on within me so I can move forward and expand and grow and move forward and go above and beyond. Be my dynamic self because I don't have to worry about what other people think, not near as much as I did. And I don't have to worry about how they react. And if they do react badly, because I wasn't being my authentic self and I miscommunicated with a harsh tone, at least I can recognize it now, pull it back and change the outcome. Where before, I couldn't do that. It was like full bore on. <laughs> so big changes in the last two to three years, all because of a choice, awareness, and wanting more. And wanting more made me realize dynamic living. And I think it was one of the other speakers had mentioned, you know, you gotta slow down and go within. And that's exactly what I did. There was one Christmas, it was so cold here in Alberta, I stayed in my pajamas all Christmas long and read my Gene Keys. And that's where Dynamic came from. I had no idea that I was gonna be starting up a company called Dynamic Living. And that Dynamic Living was going to lead to me being here with all of you. So thank you very much. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.